Uh, growing up, chaos wasn't chaos, it was normal. Grew up, I never knew my father. You know, my mother was 15 years old, a child having a baby. And I talk about generational curses, you know. I said, I'd never do this to my children and, and, and things like that. Well, um, I'm a leader, right? The kind of leader I was, I led my kids to the penitentiary. Fish teach a fish how to swim, a bird teach a bird how to fly. One of the caseworkers inside the facility and a couple of actually correctional officers just looked at me like, dude, you know, this is not normal. Do you love your, your kids? That's when, man, it just hit me. It hit me like a ton of bricks. I couldn't stop crying because I had to look at all this that I'd created. All right, what's going on, everybody? That was tonight's guest, Andrew Hager. I'm Daniel Unmanageable, and this is Hard Knocks Talks coming at you from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Treaty Number no. 6 territory, and the traditional homeland of the Métis people. Let's bring in Andrew. What's hey, going everybody, on? how you doing? Hey, man, I'm blessed in this process. An honor to be here with you guys tonight. Mm. Yes, sir. Well, Let's get it, baby. Yeah, honor to have you, man. Like, you've got quite a following on Facebook. Like, what, you cross over 600,000 followers now, eh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. God has blessed me, you know, um, by getting out of my own way and allowing God to do what he does. Awesome. Out there, baby, huh? Ooh, let's get it, baby. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Real you talk, have... you know, no. Uh, well, I was just going to say, do you have anything to, that you'd like to say before we jump in tonight? No, it's, uh, you know, a, a blessing to be out of my own way today. You know what I mean? And not out here looking for that next one. Out here, my butt's stinking. You know what I mean? Because, uh, I mean, nine years ago, right, my, my sobriety date, my clean date, depending on what fellowship you're in, is February the 7th, 2014. For that day, I'm truly grateful. Mm. Because, you know, I remember, I ain't forgot the pain, baby. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. All yes, right, sir. man. Yes, sir. Having, well, having said that, let's jump in. This is Hard Knocks Talks. All right, before we get started, I just want to let our viewers and listeners know that tonight's live production is sponsored in part by the Elizabeth Fry Society of Saskatchewan, helping women before, during, and after incarceration, and prairie harm reduction, emphasizing local action with national impact. To learn more about all our sponsors, visit www.hardknockstalks.com. Andrew, we learned yes, a little sir. bit. We learned a little bit about what you have been through during that intro clip. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more? What was it like growing up? And when you say chaos wasn't chaos, what does that mean? It was not normal, but it was normal to me. Like there was no childhood trauma to recover from because trauma was normal in my life. Like, you know, I remember visiting penitentiaries as a little boy. I remember I had an uncle that uh, murdered a guy over a half pint of Kessler whiskey. Uh, years later, I had an uncle get murdered. You know, the, the whole lifestyle, man, you know, the, the, the generational curses, if you will, uh, because of, of, of the, the condition of addiction, alcoholism. Like, how old were you when that stuff was happening? Uh, I remember a Christmas, you know, I was, I was six years old. Of course, my grandparents raised me, uh, two younger uncles in the house. They were already, uh, they were huffing paint, already putting tattoos on their face before it was, uh, you know, one of those things. And, uh, before it was cool, you, you know, I remember. <laughs> Before it was that, yeah, before it was a thing, real talk, you know, and mm -hmm. the Christmas trees up, you know, and they're playing Conway and Loretta. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. 
and everything's good. You know, the Christmas tree's up. Next thing I know, uh, my grandmother done broke a fifth bottle, stabbed my granddaddy through the gut. So now I got the police there and, and the paramedics. Uh, again, not normal. Uh, you know, I was told I was a feeble-minded little dumb son of a bitch uh, that I never would be nothing, you know, and things like that. Uh, going through that process, you know, as I got older, started school again, I was uh, couldn't read as well, couldn't spell as well as the other kids. So they put me in special ed. Uh, so I'm already feeling that 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 less than not not good enough, like there's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, that started at a very early age. You see, in this process, I got to look at the little boy issues, you know, because I because I want relief. Right. I don't want to feel this. And I would mask, and one of my coping mechanisms, you know, one of my survivor skills, the hee hee ah ha, you know, any attention, you know, mm -hmm. take good, bad, whatever attention that I could get in, in this whole thing right here. Things that I said I would never do um, to to my children, you know, because what do we want? What does all of us want? We just want we just want that companion. We just want that love. We mm -hmm. just want to feel important. We just want to feel, you know, that that we have purpose, that we have worth. But this evil committee, I like to call it, in between there will beat yeah. you up. I'm my worst critic. How old were you, like, the first time that you got loaded? Uh, probably uh, probably 11. My, my grandfather bootlegged back in the day, so there was a lot of liquor around. You know, uh, you know probably around 11, but I started really doing hard stuff, you know, around 15. Already, you know, shooting cocaine, things of that nature. Wow. So was that normal to you? Like when you started doing the injecting and stuff like that, was that like, well, this is what everyone around me is doing? Or did you know that you were stepping into something that maybe wasn't healthy? I knew it wasn't the right thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but but it, it, I got that relief, if you will, yeah. uh, from reality, you know, because my first obsession was the female, right? You know, I'm, I'm 17. She's 22. Oh, I'm in love. What you mean? Oh, I love this. Yeah. Oh, you're oh, cute. I love you now. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I yeah. thought I was doing it, right? Mm -hmm. And again, it was a three-year relationship. And when, when the, the breakup happened, you know, I, I didn't know how to, to set with my feelings, mm -hmm. right? And that's when it started to just go ham, you know, just nonstop. Cause I was already caught up and didn't even know it about my, you know, uh, two types of identity, false identity, again, of who the world was telling me I was that, you know, I'm worthless. I'm no good. I'll never be nothing. That, that false identity, you know, of, of, of what the world tells we are. But yeah, man, like, you know, uh, going through the whole process, you know, even starting uh, middle school, you know, I'm still in special ed and, you know, the bell rings, what all the other kids, my buddies are switching classes and I'm in the same room all day. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, because, uh, the BD, you know, the behavior disorder, the, 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 you know, the LD, the learning disability and, and, you know, just, just things like that. Again, feeling, man, no, you know, that I'll never be nothing. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. the, woo, love, get off me, devil. Did that send you further down the path? Like when you were segregated, so to speak, because of the challenges you were facing, did that did that send you further down the path towards addiction? Well, with the depression, for sure. Again, yeah. you know, I, I use not to feel depression mm -hmm. of uh, again, man, look, man, you know, I'm being labeled. Yeah. You know, I'm getting this at home and now I'm getting this at school, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, my buddy, oh, he's in, he's in special ed. You know, kids can be tough, right? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you know, and then, then getting in fights, you know, punching people in their soup coolers when they get out of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just the whatever, yeah. you know, destined for greatness. What the yeah. peanut? <laughs> get <laughs> yeah. off me, devil. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a minute here and look at some comments. Okay. So we have Unhooked Addictions and Wellness Coaching. Tommy. Thank you, thank you for your comment. Says great content and great interview. And we have a comment from Verna Smoker. Thank you for your comment, Verna. She says, H7, my first blackout, March 6, 2010, at 3 a.m., my last drink. Good for you, girl. Amen. And David Young uh, would like to say that you hit home on I didn't want to do things that happened to me to my children, but as hard as I tried, mm. I repeated the cycle. Yes. Yeah. Real, real top. And Suzanne Sims wants to say, proud of you, Andrew, for having the courage to tell your story. I get to go back Aww. to the facility where I received treatment and tell my story. Excellent. Praise God. Good stuff. Thank and you, guys, for the comments. And that's Donna, our social correspondent. <laughs> hey, Donna. Thank you, Donna. <laughs> yeah. You know, again, like like the spiral and insidious, this condition that we suffer from, like, you know, the, the so-called normal folk, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just grabbing me, man, grabbing me, progressive and so on and so on. So I started having kids at an early age, right? You know, even after the breakup, I started having my first kid at, at, at 16. You know, uh, my cousin asked me to take his girlfriend home and I'm, yeah, I'll take her home. And she says, well, you don't got to take me. So I'm just being real. Yeah, of course. You know, and you don't got to take me straight home. Well, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? Oh, shut the front. What the? Hold on. <laughs> and, and I'm like, no way. You know, now she's pregnant. And I'm like, oh, we look, oh my goodness. You know what? You know what? What am I going to do? The fear set in. Huh? I'm being a coward. Right. Mm-hmm. We did the whole blood test. You know, they didn't have the swab. Man. They had to actually take blood, come back 99. nine. So, you know, there I was. Winter, mm-hmm. winter uh, again. A year after that, you know, I, I had my second child by another, you know, lady, uh, which was my daughter, you know, and again, there that was. A year after that, I had my third child by another lady. Did you figure out right? how that happens? I figured out how it happened, but at the same time, you know, there I was, you know, not mm-hmm. looking at anything, man, mm-hmm. just wide open, running off that, that flesh, that carnal man, if you will, uh, doing whatever, man, whatever to, to make me feel um, selfish, self-centeredness, right? Did you ever Ooh, try to, uh, did you ever, did you ever attempt to be there for any of them, like at that time? Uh, well, yeah, actually a couple of times because I was court ordered to pay child support. I was mm-hmm. on a billboard, deadbeat dads back in the day. You know what I mean? Uh, just, wow. you know, for real started, you know, started going to uh county jails pretty early because I wouldn't pay my child support. That was my first bid, you know, 12 month county, 12 months in the county, 365 at the old Clark street jail in Fayette County, uh, for being a deadbeat dad for not taking care of my responsibilities. Uh, didn't know how to take care of me. Didn't know how to be an adult. Again, being a coward. See, and I talk about that a lot. We'll get into that because I think we'll have time to blame those children who don't, don't have a say in the matter. They didn't ask for this, you know, and I've caused trauma in their lives. You know, my son, Jordan, when he was five, he would ask his mother, why doesn't my father love me? You know, this is a five-year-old baby, Right. And he, he's not mad at me. He feels he's not worthy of my love, that he's defected, man. 
you know, you're because I mean, you sure, you know, the kids, and here's what they do they're showing up at school functions, right? The assemblies and so forth and, and so on. The other kids' parents is there, yeah, you know, and and, and they're asking, you know, my son, hey, where's your dad? Mm-hmm. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, the trauma. See, I get to look at these things today. Uh, again, and, and it, just, it progressed, man, as they got older, when I did pick them up, right? When I did have a card to pick them up because that guilt and shame so and, this and got some clarity. So this wasn't, at that time, this wasn't about, um, I love my kids, I want to be around them. It was about trying to quell the, the shame for not being around them. Well, of course, you know, you, you, you're human and you do miss them, right? Mm-hmm. You miss them, but now you're already caught up mm-hmm. and you're powerless, using against your will. Now, the normal folk won't get that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I do. And you can, you can, you know, you can quit, right? You, you, can, you can stop, but you can't stay stopped, right? Every mm-hmm. intention with the greatest willpower and the most sincere desire to stop, mm-hmm. I couldn't stop, mm-hmm. right? So, so I, I tell them, you know, go to pick them up for ice cream, right? Well, first I got to take them shoplifting. You're talking five and six year old kids, babies, man, right? Then I got to go sell the stuff I stole, and then we go get my dope. Then I'll take them back around to to a gas station and steal them a push up, you know, a freeze pop. What the peanut? Come on, man! Mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Ah, uh, the insanity, man, of this vicious, it's just insidious, this condition, you know, and I'm not trying to justify it or say, oh, you know, this and that. See, I created all that. I'm owning that. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned when we spoke before about actually, well, in, in the intro, there was a clip that said you you led them right to the penitentiary. How old were they when when you started actually like, I don't know if indoctrinating them would be the right word, but like, how did that progress? He said indoctrinating them, yeah. What the? <laughs> pe- <laughs> Good Lord, I'm-, I'm just flying hey, by man. the seat of my pants here, man. I don't know. <laughs> I, I love you, Daniel. I love you. Uh, now, man, you know, uh, again, you know, the things I said I would never do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, from my childhood, it carried over. And um, again, I call it generational curses. Man, just, uh, you know, it started with weed. You know what I mean? I don't feel that, you know, I'm not going to say weed's the gateway, but you show up at your weed dealer and he ain't got no weed, but he's got these little blue blue pills. You know, you're going to give them a try, you know know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But uh, that's where it started. And eventually, you know, as they got older, uh, started using with them, you know, pretty hard stuff. You know, the, the perk 30s. And, you know, of course, I was shooting those at the time before heroin hit real big in our state. And, uh, you know, I remember me and my son, you know, we were out and uh, we were dope sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just hadn't had a fix. And I'm in this little beater car, an 87 uh, che- uh, Chevette, right? And we're riding along and I stole the tags off a of Cadillac in this parking lot at this, this prestigious hotel, motel, whatever. And because, of course, the car didn't have tags or inch. Y'all know what we do. Come on. Man. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I didn't have tags for yeah. two years. I didn't even bother trying to steal ones that were valid. I just fucking. No, just, just gone. Right, right. Hey, you know what? The, come on, man. Mm-hmm. No, and that's real. Is that not just wow? You it's know? insane. Absolutely. It's yep. 
man, just insane. Well, we had the Obama phones, you know, like they put time on them every month. A little blah, blah, skip, blah, blah. what up? No, uh, yeah. but what, you they, know, what do they sound like? You heard me, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, you know, and and he jumps out of the car. He's dope sick. We're agitated, man. We're aggravated. This is my baby, Mm y'all. This is my son. And he, he jumps out of the car, you know, and and goes up the road and I'm driving along when the phone rings, dad, pick me up. So I turn around, you know, university of Kentucky, uh, is right there where we grew, you know, where we were born and raised, right, right, right in our vicinity. Mm-hmm. And he gets over in some shrubs, some bushes, and he starts pulling out some laptops, some some iPads, uh, you know, all that. And I said to my son, "Did you wear gloves? Were there any cameras? That's not normal, man. Mm-hmm. That's not normal." When when my son was three years old, I used to take him with me dumpster diving. Yeah, like I'm not not like in the dumpster or anything like that, but like he would be in the car in his little bucket seat with his with his happy meal, and like he saw me go in and come out, and I thought I was instilling some sort of skill on him that he would be able to fall back on. You know what? You know what I'm saying? Like that that's the level. I know what you're saying. You know, like here's some skills that you can take with you into your life if should you ever need them. So, anyways, before, right. we, before we go on here, let's have a look at some more comments. We got a bunch coming in here. We sure do. <laughs> so, <laughs> bear with me here. Uh, Heidi Sullivan uh, says that she follows Andy, and he's the bomb. My clean time Aww. is January tenth, two thousand nine, and I just love following people's stories. Thanks Aww, for coming, thank Heidi. Thank you, Heidi. Love you, woman. <laughs> and Stephanie Childress. I thought having my daughter would fix me. I loved her more than life mm. itself and was so ashamed because I couldn't stay clean from her. And I can like, I can relate to that too. I mean, we, when uh, we lost our son to the ministry, it actually drove me deeper. Mm-hmm. Much yes. deeper. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The shame Ooh. and the just, yeah, disappointment. Sorry, Higgy 2.0 says, you've come a long way, brother. Dysfunctional family life opened the door for trauma and addiction and chasing relief in any form I could find. Mm-hmm. Higgy juice. <laughs> <laughs> and unhooked addictions and wellness coaching. That's Tommy. And, Just call him Tommy. Tommy. I'm sorry. Yeah. I did not realize. <laughs> uh, so Tommy says, I love what you're saying about false identity. It was easy to create a new identity by drinking, using, and fighting. Mm-hmm. It was a different it was different than being labeled as a slow learner, bad student, etc. I love you, Tommy. Go on, share, boy. Yes, Very sir. Good. Very good yeah. point. So, yeah, tell us more. I mean, you are coaching your son. Well, like you said, man, the same mm-hmm. thing you felt. I think I'm teaching them some job skills. They're going to grow up to be a doctor, a lawyer. What the? <laughs> come on, man. But you don't see it. Mm-hmm. That's your re- That's your reality. Is that not insidious? Mm-hmm. Dude, the insanity, you know, I've been on the news because, you know, they're looking for me. I don't show up. I've got so many failures to appear. I've got bell jumpings. Uh, my last case was uh, absconding, right? Which means uh, I don't go see the PO. And I do. I use the word coward. Not having, man, the willingness, you know, the three essentials, the three indispensables, honesty, open-minded, and willingness. Everything starts with willingness, but I got to get some distance between me and the dope, between me and the drink, right? And, and that's it, you know. I, I didn't put in the work. 
so many times because I heard about these so-called uh, fellowships, these 12 steps that, uh, you know, the solution back in uh, 2003 when I was in drug court. And of course, I'd, I'd just go through the motions. Let me get this paper signed. And a lot of that was out of fear because, again, the little boy issues. I go into these rooms and I got you good sharing, sharing like Shakespeare. And I'm scared to death to open my mouth because I'll mm-hmm. feel less than. And not being approached, you know, y'all tell, oh, the newcomer's the most important person. But, a lot, and again, now, see, that's just where I was at at that time period of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, there was a few people that come up with a program, hey, glad you're here, you know, things like that. But I'm already seeing stuff from the little boy issues. Mm-hmm. Not smart, not, not smart enough. Oh, you're no good. And y'all talking about, you know, this and this and this. I'm like, man, what are these people tripping? So anyway, where are you at, Daniel? What you got for me? So when you were trying these meetings, did anything good stick? No, I didn't try it. I just got a paper sign okay. and, and slipped through the cracks. And then I started signing my own paper again, all out of fear because uh, I show up and I don't know any of these people in these rooms. And I felt uh, I let that, I call it the evil committee. You know what I mean? Y'all can call it whatever you want. But that evil committee telling me uh, you're not good enough, you know, you're you're this and that so I, I smart enough to slip through the cracks right mm-hmm. so as time went on like i told you you know the time jordan's 18 that was my five-year-old uh my oldest son we had done been locked up he's uh 30 32 now in prison he shot my brother uh, a year and a half ago and that's been the whole thing you know what i mean uh they were on meth yada yada uh, i'm talking about generational curses but you know the blessing for me is i can i can see him I can be, uh, I can be that vessel today. My actions show, you know, as far as Jordan's, uh, he started having kids at an early age. Uh, Briley was four. Raylan was just brand new in the hospital, just born and we're using and, uh, CPS shows up, child protective services, right? Mm-hmm. Me, Jordan and, and the, and the girl's mothers are is using and CPS has got Briley and, and, and she's four. She's four years old mm-hmm. and she's looking and she's crying like, Papa, save me. I couldn't even save myself, man. Yeah. I've been up, you know, seven, eight days, blood run down my arms. And, and we're going to get to what God will do in your life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, because this, again, I, and I bring it up because this is real, man. These, these babies, we, we, we get so caught up. We, we want to complain about uh, the food they feed us in treatment. We, we want to complain about the jail food. We want to mm-hmm. sit here and complain, complain. Who's feeding your kids is what I want to know. Who's taking care of your kids is what I want to know. And I will mm-hmm. say this because I, that was me. That was me too, man. Like my, they, they took our son when, when he was three and the last thing I handed Aww. him when he was on his way out the door was his favorite little puppy. It's just so real, man. And, and But again, we're so caught up and, and like, like the missus said, your, your, your wife, that wasn't enough. You know, I'm, I'm my foot's on the gas now because I just want to die now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember being that state of mind. And if I'd had a gun, I'd blew my brains out. No, but the truth of the matter is, if I'd had a pistol, I'd pawned it to get more dope. Mm-hmm. Insidious, what we suffer from a condition that don't care about you, don't care about your kids, don't care about your mama, your daddy. Mm-hmm. Man, this is real. Yeah. 
that's that's heavy, man. I, I that's I'm thank you. You shared that with me the other day, and you know, and I'm I'm sitting there, you know, because we're not alone. We're not unique, and see, that's the beauty. Mm-hmm. You know, we that's why we need to share that pain, that shame, that guilt. Mm-hmm. To to lift others up, to know that give them that 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 freedom, take take away its power, man. Mm-hmm. Take away its power. The forgiveness of self, and I don't know if you guys can relate, but that was so hard for me in this process. Yeah, so hard. Yeah. So uh, I want to get into to what finally brought you into recovery. Before we, but before we do, let's look at a few more comments. Let's see here. Okay, again, we've got quite a few. Um, James Michael Art says, I'm glad to break the cycle in my family. Me and my brother got clean around the same time. And since then, I've been the best father I could be and picked up drawing and yeah. doing quite well with it. Good, yes, good amen. And maybe wait to answer this question, but to Unhooked Addictions and Wellness Coaching uh, states, Andrew, I can hear your faith coming through. Please talk about how your faith has led you out of addiction. And I assume that's the direction we're going. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Andrew definitely said before the show, we're going to definitely talk about that. Yeah, you betcha. Turn Jesus up. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Keep the leash on for a few more minutes, bro. And Beth Riley Long, thanks for your comment, says, grateful for these shares. Living the tragedy of addiction in my family, demonic disease. Al-Anon is a great resource for me. Being reminded my God is in this with each of us, mm. but pain is pain, also known as the gateway to growth. Mm. Hope versus fear, Amen. one day at a time. Speaking of Al-Anon, I just want to mention that tonight's episode is also brought to us in uh, in part by Naranon Groups in Regina, Saskatoon, Swift Current, and Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. To learn more about all our sponsors, check out our upcoming live streams or our recorded audio releases and more, visit www.hardknockstalks.com. Another comment. Okay. Paul, is it Schnabel or Schnabel? I'm sorry. But uh, he it says, I taught my son to cop dope. Also, he was about seven or mm. eight. Uh, thank God he grew up nothing like me. He teaches high school English and Italian. Beautiful. Yes. Amen. And, yes. Tabitha Miller, thank you for your comment. She says, thank you for the vulnerability. Hits home so hard. Nothing harder than losing your kids. I agree. If you want a chance to get a comment into the recording, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel or follow us on Facebook and join the live conversation twice a week. It's free and we'd love to hear your thoughts. Look for the links in this episode's description. So what did it for you, man? What brought you into recovery? Was it like a pinnacle moment or a series of events? Tell us about it. 2013, I'm locked up, you know, with with my own Christmas day and... You know, Fayette County, it's a big jail, right? There's 80 men to a unit. It holds 2,500. And they got a program pod. And I knew my son was already there, 18 years old. And I knew, uh, you know, I knew I had a shot to get in that same unit if I signed up for a program, right? Uh, So I do that. And, of course, you know, because I was a frequent flyer, I knew all the correctional officers. And that was my thing. You know what I mean? Uh, but never release day. You know, I was facing uh, 10 years in the penitentiary back in 2012 for being a $2 crackhead needle junkie. Uh, I had a syringe on my person, uh, you know, a dart without a cap on it. An officer put his hand in my 
kangaroo pouch. And, when, and they asked me, do you got anything on your person going to poke, stick, or harm me? And, of course, you know, like I said, I've been up seven days, not in a squirrel turd. I didn't even know where I was at. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, Officer Fetco sticks his hand there and it drew blood. Oh, wow. uh, so, you know, I, I went to trial over that because I didn't know if I had AIDS. I didn't know if I had hepatitis. It's not like, you know, I'm, <laughs> oh, I've got to go to the doctor. i got to check up. Let me put this crack pipe down. Be right back. Uh, <laughs> you know, none of that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so so that was uh, definitely uh, my first wake up, but but it still wasn't enough. I go all the way to trial. I spent 14 months. I go to trial. You know, I had a couple of legal aid lawyers, uh, publicly appointed attorneys for indigent people. So, man, so, you know, 14 months I spent in there and I had to look, you know, because they would take me out randomly, you know, to the hospitals and, and they actually had a small clinic inside the facility I was in and draw blood to check, you know, because they were waiting on that for the hepatitis and the HIV. And I came back negative. Uh, so I go to trial. My other son that that you don't hear a lot about that didn't follow that path. So I harmed him because he shows up in court. When you go to trial, see, I'm still incarcerated, but when you go to trial, you get to wear your clothes like you see on TV. So my son, at 16 years old, had to buy me a brand new pair of khaki pants, mm-hmm. some slippers, and a button-down shirt, and he did that. And he sat there in that courtroom that whole time, man at my trial, you know, and he sat there, man, that, that whole time, you know, it's that trial and, and that unconditional love, you know, because I hadn't been a father, man, you know, but there he was. When, when, at the end, you know, like they see on TV, there's 13 of them. You have an alternate in case one of them, something happens. And, you know, Judge Quisone, he asked the bailiff, uh, the sheriff guy, he said, well, he asked the jury, has the jury reached the verdict? And they said, yes, we have, Your Honor. And I'm looking at 10 years, you guys, 10 years, you know, because they have me with assault three. You know what I mean? Um, the dude goes over there, the sheriff dude, the bailiff gets the note, the paper, like you see on one of these cop deals, you know, and, and hands it to a sure, uh, Judge Corsoni. And Corsoni says, we, we, the jury, find the defendant, Andrew Joe Hager, and he paused. Not guilty. Uh, it was kind of like, wow, you know, test came back negative for everything, but my son being there. So I stayed clean for a couple months uh, after being released. I'd been in there 14 months and right back at it, man, right back at it. And I catch a, uh, I catch a uh, Jordan. Jordan had been locked up a couple months after that. And again, that was uh that was in 2012 when that happened. So we're in 2013 when he gets locked up uh, for the B&E, right, uh, for some B&Es breaking and entering. And they put me in the same unit. I got hit with a possession of heroin and, uh, you know, syringes and things like that. So they put us in the same cell, man. I go in. I'm dope sick. I can't hold my mud. I'm using the bathroom on myself. I'm laying on the floor trying to stay in the shower, the restless legs again. My son, when I go in, you know, I'm weighing about a buck, buck 40, you know, and, and I'm, I'm a big dude, right? And uh, my son that I'm supposed to nurture, right? Like I told you, if he's a fish how to swim, a bird's each bird how to fly, man, is supposed to teach his son how to be a productive member of society. My kids didn't have a snowball's chance in hell. Uh, my son comes over and gets me and makes me walk the loop. 
uh, makes me eat. You know what I mean? This is my son, guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, you know, we were we were already in there, and so you know, calendars start to pass. You know what I mean? Thanksgiving, and then there's Christmas, Christmas Day, and I just wake up, and the insanity of my thinking, I was okay. This was normal. It didn't hit me until uh, Alicia Howard, which was a program director, a correctional officer there, asked me, do you love your children? And it was just that, guys. Do you love your children? Hell yeah, I love my kids. What kind of dumb question is that? Your actions don't show it, man. Do you think this is normal? Yeah, I know your whole family because you're in and out of here. You know, and I couldn't stop crying, y'all. It's 80 men to a unit. I got into the program. It was a 12-step program called the Hope Center inside the jail uh, because the doors needed to be locked for me to get some distance between me and the dope. And, you know, it's not, you know, you're in jail. That male pride's real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I could not stop crying. All that guilt, that shame, man, 42 years old, you know, what I had to my name was a honey bun that another inmate had given me because he felt sorry for me at 42 years old, bro. I had to stop and look at this. I had to stop and look at all this that I created, man. I created that 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 pain, man. When you were in that moment, was there a sense of relief? in allowing yourself to feel those things for the first time like when when that those emotions came over you was it like oh like was there a level of like surrender where it was like a weight came off or did more pile on no it wasn't like that at all at first you know it really wasn't uh and again now my charges were absconding i had judge clark for the absconding which means i didn't go see the po on the possession charge you know uh, it got probated and Meaning I don't show up. I don't go to court. You let me out those gates. And and it talks about that in that one literature. So quick to forget the pain. Um, and that was my thing. I'm so quick to forget the pain. So anyway, no, man, it really wasn't. It was more, man, I got to hold myself. I couldn't hold myself together, y'all. I mean, I mean, I'm in jail, bro. 80 men to a unit and I'm sobbing like, you know, like, like, just dude so this was making your problems worse then at the time you thought this was getting worse not better well in my mind i mean nobody talked shit about me or you know called me a sissy or none of that you know i mean Mm -hmm. it just wasn't how i carried myself but you know i was just like man why can't i stop but but then everything came to a head man all that 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 abuse you know uh all the, the shame, right? All the bad choices finally came, boom. So what had happened, I'm in there for absconding, right? Mm-hmm. Which means, I, again, I don't go see the PO. I don't show back up. So I had I had a, a, a guy write a letter to the judge asking for an eight-hour pass outside the jail, right? Now, I've already started working the program in the Hope Center, okay? And what I told you, I was told. You know, the acceptance, you know, boom, right? Uh, the two parts. of So anyway, community service uh, comes in and uh, says, Hager, 
I'm like, oh, they called my name. So, because I didn't think there was a snowball chance in hell, Judge Clark was going to release me for eight hours to go on the outside to visit my my mother, who was very sick. She's one of us, was very sick with cancer at the time, and he allowed me to leave the jail for eight hours. You talk about a burning bush moment, right? Mm-hmm. So I get out, I, I go out for eight hours, visit my mother, I visit my kids who have are out on this, you know, this path of recovery, Jordan. And of course, uh, Josh, the oldest one. And, uh, I visit them and, and, you know, keep it moving. So I'm back on time. I come back on time. I didn't have nothing in my prison wallet. I didn't try to put nothing in my prison wallet to smuggle it back in. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I was doing something different. And at that time, you know, so I just kept doing, doing what I was told to do, what the suggestions that I was told, and it wasn't easy because the caseworker, one of them talked to me crazy. I wanted to do something to him. I'd catch him on the weekend when he was going home and say some stuff to him, and he'd take it home. And, I can't, you know, I'm going to ship you down the hall, and uh, you can't talk to me. I said, wow, bro, what kind of program you work? What step is that? You know what I mean? <laughs> what? The, wow. You know, things started to register. I completed the program. Now, my thing was let me keep it honest, that rigorous honesty. The whole thing about completing this, that Judge Clark was going to release my release me early, knock some time off, mm-hmm. right? So he didn't. I complete the program, Right. Mm-hmm. Now, again, they had me in community. What is this community? I don't, you know about that, Daniel? Community? Tell me more. All your peers. So there's 80 of us, right? And in this big circle, right? And they called me to the board. Okay. Again, I can't stop crying. And one of the, you know, stand up, I would like suggestion number one. I'd like 10,000 words on why I give up everything for one thing when you can give up one thing for everything and and they go in and somebody else I'd like suggested two, three, four, five, and of course and then you can get, you know, or vote him out of the program so they won't be dead, right? Uh so I'm on the board and I get, you know, this this writing and I just do it, man, you know, going through that. So I complete the program. They said Judge Clark's not gonna allow you out. No early release. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that time, now here's the kicker, right? So I'd already found some sanity, some clarity. Mm-hmm. I was okay. Now, not only was I working these steps, but there was a preacher man. Shut your mouth. Hallelujah. Preacher man coming every Saturday. I couldn't stand this dude, right? Mm-hmm. He's a Chris Norman, Reality Church Now. He coming. Hey, guys, have a church on the rec yard. Love to have you. I'm like, oh, my God. Here's this mm-hmm. dude again. Why didn't you like right? him? What was it about him? Because I wanted to stay in there and feel sorry for myself. It was the weekend. Mm-hmm. What I was used to doing, he what was, I've always was, done. Poor. He was interrupting your shame and resentment? Yeah, he was interrupting. You hear me? I'm trying to watch his cable TV in this jail. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> what to get on? Oh, now get out of here, preacher mm-hmm. man. Go on now, get. Mm-hmm. But then I started to watch these guys because that old jailhouse religion. You hear me? Oh, I ain't going to be labeled up like that. So I'd watch them come off the rec yard from church and they were smiling and, 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 and happy. And so, but he never quit every Saturday. So one Saturday he comes in, Hey, Hey buddy, having church on the rec yard. Love to have you. Mm-hmm. So I started to go out, man, to the rec yard, uh, for church. Right. What was it like the and first again, time? When I, uh, I listened, I truly listened and, uh, felt better. 
I really felt better. I started to really pray, not the foxhole prayers, right? Mm-hmm. I started to pray uh, for, for uh, my, my family, not not the ones, oh, Lord, please let the judge be lenient. Just please, oh, you I've know, been there. get me out. Back in yeah, the paddy oh, wagon you on your way to the courthouse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that. And, and in front of the judge, Your Honor, I'm sick and tired of my past being my future. <laughs> you said that last week, Mr. Hagan. What the peanut? It, it, it's well, it's, it's still wild, true. man. <laughs> right. True that. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, Daniel, man, it's, it's been a blessing. Like, uh, I didn't get out like I was supposed to. So nobody believed in me. Mm-hmm. You know, the caseworkers, uh, they felt, you know, because they've seen it, you know, they were like, man. They they seen it and it's so crazy because I didn't they wanted me to stay in the program pod and mentor, uh, but I felt that I need to go down to the trustee pod uh, again, you know, because I could eat there, you know, I could get extra trays there, right? So I go down to the trustee pod and first time in my life I get a green badge. What's a green badge? Meaning that I I can go outside the facility in my of course in my in my orange, you know what I mean. Uh, but I can work picking up trash, and th- that was t- that the little steps of freedom, huh? Woohoo! Shut your mouth, jump back. I'm gonna kiss myself. Oh, <laughs> stop it! <laughs> but yes, <laughs> hey man, but, but but see, I got to look at this. What this done? I got to look steps of freedom. Mm-hmm. Green badge was a big deal to me, man, because I'm IBP. You hear me, huh? And maybe you know, you make behavior problems all across the board here. None of the squirrel turd can't get right. Won't mm-hmm. hear me. And mm-hmm. uh, the green badge. So I real, I started to realize this, man. Wow, a little taste of freedom. Mm-hmm. So I get out, right? I go through it like Judge Clark's not going to let me out early. I mean, I'm in trustee pod for like 36 days. They, they, Hager, you got court. I'm like, why the Why I got court? Mm-hmm. I've done cleared everything up in the other counties. You know, over here, everything's clear, right? You got court. What judge? Clark. I'm like, oh wow. Mm-hmm. So I go to court, and uh, he says, "Hey, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and release you to the streets, man." He said, "I hope that you uh, uh, continue your recovery on the streets." And uh, I did what I was taught, man. I did what I learned, you know, because people, the volunteers, seeing this is how beautiful this program really is with uh, God's people, not only the with the preacher, man, you know, because that's where my faith is. I'm not confused about my identity today. I talk about two types of identity, the false identity and the true identity. False identity is who the world tells you you are. True identity is in Christ, Christ Jesus, how you was made. You know, Isaiah 26, 3, no doubt about it. See, Jehovah said, he said, I'm going to send y'all governor. I'm going to send y'all uh, the Prince of Peace. And he and that promise, he made good on it the day Jesus Christ was born. See, if I follow the Prince of Peace, he was said here, Isaiah 9, 6, we follow the Prince of Peace and we will stay in his peace. But we got to stay in him for him to be in us. Second Corinthians 5, 17, no doubt about it. Old things have passed away. All things are made new. I'm brand new in here. Y'all better recognize God's got me and he's blessing me each and every day, but I got to stay in him because it's so evil committee. Like it said, you know, uh, as, uh, you know, right back in there in Mark 5, 1 through 20, mm-hmm. that man was possessed. Jesus rode up on the speedboat, drop, dude's <laughs> living in the tombs. He, you know, he's possessed, right? <laughs> All these demons, huh? God yeah. cast them out. You know, Jesus cast them out, mm-hmm. cast them out, huh? But see, the thing we suffer from is insidious, cunning, baffling, powerful, what it says. That evil committee ain't no punk, right? Mm-hmm. In order, the power I seek is God. 
Mm-hmm. I had to stay in him to have this power. In 2017, there was 78,000 Americans died from overdose. My daughter was one of them at 27 years old. I'm standing over her dead body at UK hospital. Now I'm telling you at that time I had four years, right? And I'd send her to two different treatment centers and I had hope. The second one I took her to, she's cussing me. You telling me what a piece of shit I am. I hate you. And all I could do was smile because I had hope. She was going, the willingness, right? Mm -hmm. She had the desire, but not the willingness. She did not stay. She died a month and a half after that from overdose. I'm standing over her dead body and this thing's on me like a gorilla. Yeah. Yeah. Telling me to go get relief. Go get one. Go put one in you. Mm -hmm. Let's take a quick break here. We'll look at a few more comments. If you're listening to the recording, make sure you jump over to our lives on YouTube or Facebook. We are always giving free stuff away to random commenters at the end of every episode. My friend Terry. Terry, good to see you tonight. Uh, Terry says, I'm listening and crying. Thank you both for sharing deep pieces of your heart and soul. Thank you, Terry. Gene Chase Diedrich Harrison uh, says, I lost my son Nathan one year ago to an overdose. I'm so happy I found Hard Knocks Talks. Mm. And now, Andrew, to help me understand him more. The words Andrew speaks sounds like I'm talking to my son again. Thank you for speaking out and sharing your story. And James Michael Art says, you're one strong dude, Andrew. I'm glad you still are here with us today to share your story. Keep fighting the good fight. Thank you. And John Roche says, realizing our kids see us and still want just us. The day I put myself in their eyes, three treatments really took hold. Amen. And David Young uh, would like to know, did you ever take a moment and tell your son that you were in a bad place and he was doing for you what you could do for yourself and that he is a blessing in your life? Amen, Dave. Yeah, Dave, uh, definitely, my brother. I'm glad you're here. Uh, what what beautiful comments. Glory be to God. And and again, the unity. What a, what a beautiful thing. Hard Knocks Talks is really the real deal. Holyfield, if you didn't know, now you know, because I told you so. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Dave, man, uh, I have a great relationship with my with my kids today. Uh, Jordan, that I talk a lot about, uh, is doing great. And, and here's what God has done. Huh? I told you about my grandma. He married a judge's daughter. Shut he your mouth. Not. What the peanut? Get right out. We hit a lick. <laughs> we hit a lick, boy. Uh, hey, look what God will do. And, you know, with with Briley and Raylan, uh, you know, they got adopted out to the same same uh, home. Great people. Uh, the guy's a uh, lieutenant detective over in Scott County. And, uh, you know, again, the actions have shown, right? Riley's 13 now. I picked her up, you know, her birthday was last month and uh, took her to get her nails done and a pedicure. And, uh, you know, these precious priceless memories. See, God has done this, man. You know, God has done this. I've gotten out of my own way, you know, and Raylan, Raylan's nine now. I mean, she was taken straight from the hospital. She never knew Jordan or, or her mother up until, you know, uh, about six years back. And, um, just a bundle of joy, you know, uh, they wanted, uh, Raylan wanted the, uh, Air Max. Uh, no, no, no. The Air Force One. See, it's stomping in your Air Force One. Uh, scared. And of course, uh, Briley wanted the uh, Air Max and, and see, I got to do that. See, I told y'all I took my kids shoplifting, mm. but here's what God has done. I, I took them, uh, to Dick's Sporting Goods and, and, and paid for them what they wanted, man. 
You know, and that might not seem like to a lot to a lot of you know you people, but uh, it's it's a pretty big deal, man. Yeah, it, it's a pretty big deal. Ah, you know, I remember. I really pretty. You know, God is so good, man. I remember. I'm cooking... soft as cotton. Somebody hold me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I'll never forget the first meal that I cooked for my son uh, when I was in the sober living house, and I got. Uh, my very first overnight visit with him and my three-year-old son, he came to, to to stay with me overnight for the first time in this sober living facility, and I cooked him his first meal. I'll never forget that. Hey, man, what'd you have? I think we had uh, potatoes and pasta and wieners because that's all I knew how to cook. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. And, and, you know, I've, I've seen – and it's real, man. It's so real. You know, I've seen kids be taken. See, I, I, I've been blessed, you guys, uh, abundantly. Well, we have a we have a 501c3 called the Blameless Children, and we have an event every year. It's called, you know, the Blameless Children, a voice for the voiceless, the ones that don't have a say in the matter. Uh, this is our sixth annual event, which is June the 17th in Versailles, Kentucky. Uh, these kids, man. They get up there and share, see, because because their testimony, man, we 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 drug them through the mud, right? I had a little girl share last year. She's uh, ten years old about you know planting flowers on her father's grave, you know, and and I was when when this started, you know, I talked to people. Is this the right thing? Well, yes, because it's the same thing. It's a therapeutic value of one blameless child helping another. Because that one kid's over isolating because he feels less than, he feels not loved, he feels not good enough because his mom's not there, because his dad's not there, and he's isolating, and now that's being bottled up, right? So this event, man, it's just a beautiful thing. It's again the therapeutic value of one blameless child helping another. Uh, we get to we get to see things. The little girl shared, uh, Daniel, and I love what you just shared about your son, man. This little girl shared, uh, her and her mother, and uh, she's talking about all she had to feed her. She got her back. Uh, she she was granted back to her. She did what she's supposed to. CPS gave the daughter back, and uh, she she's finally got her own place. And and all she had in the cupboard was a box of macaroni and cheese. And she made the macaroni and cheese and she felt guilty and, and shame. You know, that's all she had. And the little girl looks at her mother and says, Mama, this is the best dinner ever. Shut your mouth. Praise God. Come on, man. Oh, Lord. Huh? We got Donna's in a puddle over here. <laughs> well, and, and Donna, good, like man. myself, Andrew, yourself, Donna, we've all been there. We've all been there. We've all had that first yeah. meal back. We've all had that first experience where we were able to provide. Even if it seems such like a minuscule thing, it really means the world to them. And that's like, it's it's an incredible feeling. And, and, and even to this day, I find myself taking that for granted. So I'm really glad we had this conversation tonight to to bring that back to the surface. That's That's really meaningful. So, yeah. It's, so, it's it's real, brother. It's so real. Yeah. So I think we're coming to the end here, man. So for anybody still watching, don't leave. Oh. Don't leave. We're like when when you think the show's over, it's not. We're gonna spin the wheel. But before we go, Andrew, is there anything that we haven't touched on yet that you would like to to chat about before we let you go? I'm actually sorry. I'm just gonna jump uh, you in know. real quick here, Andrew. Uh, could you repeat the name of the event? Beth Riley Longwood would like to know. And he said it so quick, uh, I didn't you quite can pick go, it up either. Uh, they said I talk fast. I don't know what to be. No, you it's, don't it's, talk it's, it's, fast. It's, it's called The Blameless Children. Uh, it's in Versailles, Kentucky. 
320 Hopelane. Oh, gosh. How about – you see my, my – oh, I just tore it up. No, no, you're So, good. anyway, it, the blameless children, a voice for the voiceless, the ones that don't have a say in the matter. I'm serious. These kids get up there. I have uh, had three new kids this year, and they've came so far. You know, I mean, it's just amazing their testimonies about – Again, we took them. We took them to get dope. We took them shoplifting. Daniel took his to be a dumpster driver, thinking he was going to grow up to be a plastic surgeon. Uh, the insanity of drug, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's just amazing. You can you can find it on uh, Andrew Hager Live. There's an event page called the, Blame, the Blameless Children. And, oh my gosh! Cosplay with a cause will be there. You have Spider Man, Batman. Listen to this, y'all. You have all these super, even the Deadpool will be there, but he can't cuss because it's in the church. Yeah, yeah. We had 800 people last year. I had $10,000 worth of new toys. I'm not talking about Dollar Tree toys. I'm talking about, it's been amazing, man, you know, how this came about. This, this you know, uh, a fellow, a friend of mine, she calls me, and I met her in the rooms, and, and her husband, they call me, you know, seven years ago on Saturday and said, Hey, you keep talking about these kids. You want to start a nonprofit? And I was like, well, what would that look like? And they explained it to me and they paid for everything, man. So I'm sharing at a church in, in Lexington and I needed a CPA and this fella just comes up. Y'all can't tell me God ain't real. This fella I've never met in my life. And he said, Hey, what's the name of your ministry? I said, well, we don't have one, but we're working on a nonprofit, but I, but I, I, I need an accountant. And he said, the company I work for allows me to volunteer 16 hours a month to, to, to help with it. I'm like, wow, this guy's been with us ever since, man. Dude, these kids, oh, boy, these kids, boy. Because uh, we hear so much, y'all. We hear about the alcoholic. We hear about the addict. But what about the babies, man? God bless them. Woo, don't say hey. Don't shoot me down because I'm preaching real good. Can I get an amen? Can I get amen. a hallelujah out there? Amen. <laughs> oh man, but we, yeah, we, yeah man, and, and, and yeah, man, it's it's uh, it's an amazing event, and and, I, and thank you guys for allowing me, uh, you know, on Hard Knocks Talks. You guys are awesome. Uh, what a, what a beautiful comments, and uh, um, I really appreciate the opportunity to hang out with you guys. Mm. Cool. And likewise, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Andrew, you stick around as well. Don't go when you think it's over. It's not over. Um, but for now, uh, we're going to give away some hats. But I got to do the closer. So thank you so much, Andrew, for joining us. And we will see you again. Take care, my friend. <laughs> All I'm right, leaving. If you're getting something out of what we're doing here tonight, you can find all our audios on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts, or live and interactive, right here on Facebook and YouTube. Thanks so much for watching. Take care, my friends. Hey, this is Hard Knocks Talks. <laughs>